So good. Welcome, Morena. Good morning, everyone. Also online. Great you can join us uh, today. Which one? That one? The different lights going on. The middle one? Thank you, Jesus. Oh, so good. Well, Catherine and I have been away. I think Catherine will share a little, little bit about it, but um, she didn't. Uh, so I will share a little. We went to the Numa Church, which is a church in uh, Melbourne with about 10 people up uh, some staff and some other volunteer leaders in the, in the church. And it was a very powerful time. They've seen a revival since last year, last August, or so a year ago now. It's, it's quite a big church, 5,000 people. But the thing is, though, it's really what they've been leaning into the Holy Spirit and allowing the Holy Spirit to have His way. And, of course, they're almost 100 years old. In two years' time, they're 100 years old. And they've been praying. The prayer meeting started with Smith Wigglesworth. It's been going for 100 years. And so we, we want to make sure that we step into that and bring it back. You know, because like I said last week or two weeks ago when I was here, you know, we don't have time to pray for 100 years. I don't have time for that. I, you know, I'm 60 in next month and I don't have much time for that. So I'm going to stand on somebody else's shoulders. And so we go there and we, and, we, and we dive in there and then we bring back what they have been contending for for so many years. The main, the main conference was really a conference on the fivefold ministry, how the whole church, quite unique in the world actually, is built on the fivefold. Not just have some fivefold teachers and leaders above him. The fivefold, of course, is prophetic, apostolic, evangelist, teacher, pastor. But they believe in Ephesians 4 church. As the Ephesians 4 church, uh, we see that to, to, to equip the saints for ministry and to um, do this fully and to come to the full maturity of the body of Christ, we need all five to fly. And so they've, they've not only got some people on top who have the several giftings, but they have the five officers on top in the sense of it's a, it's a whole uh, management team. Together they lead the church as a team. And then each individual one will then uh, go throughout the whole church. So the prophetic person will basically make sure that the whole prophetic goes to the kids ministry, every ministry, life group, you name it, are all being trained in the prophetic. The evangelist makes sure that everybody is missional, that everybody shares the gospel. And so they train every person in their church in this way but they also keep each other accountable hey guys we haven't talked about evangelism for a while and the evangelist would would keep the other apostle you know kind of honest you know and so it's a very powerful way that they've kind of tried to do this thing and so we are trying to look at that now and see how we can mold our leadership uh, because the whole kind of ceo model uh, has not really worked uh, very well and it's often a bit singular and then everything is on the pastor uh, or the apostle or whatever and they get burned out it doesn't work that way and so i love this whole idea of having a team of about six seven eight people who lead the church together yeah they're still senior pastors Catherine and i will still be the senior pastors but they work together with a team uh, of these officers and and the variety brings strength, protection, and advancement. Amen? But of course, they couldn't help themselves. It was only daytime, wasn't it? It was only from 10 to 4 on Thursday and Friday. But they couldn't help themselves. It became a revival conference in the end. And it was so beautiful just to be in an atmosphere of people who have been leaning in for such a long time now. And so it's, uh, so. what's this space? I don't know where it's going to end up, but it's, it's, it's all good. Uh, I think Stacy, the prophet, is amazing worship leader and prophet. Uh, she's already confirmed next year for Catherine's conference, uh, the women's conference. So it's going to be amazing next year. So make sure you sign up. Can you sign up already for next year? No, not yet. Make sure you sign up for this year, though. It's going to be amazing. It's next week, by the way. Ladies, women, everybody, come. Make sure you're there, you know. And guys, send them there. In Jesus' name. Also last night we had the international group. And I want to quickly say something about the international group. These are international group people who are not born here. So if you're not born here, you can be part of the international group. Uh, sometimes you got couples. One is not born here, the other one is. So last night we had a bit of fun because I was born in South America in Bits, Guyana, right, in Georgetown. Catherine was born in Chicago. 
you know. <laughs> it doesn't mean she has less value. You know, can anything come good come out of Invercargill? It's amazing how much comes out of Invercargill, right? I mean, as Invercargill, <laughs> Invercargill, and Gore. Why do all the good people come out of Gore? Gore, Invercargill. It's just amazing people. But um, then we got the people coming from the Netherlands, aren't we, Gideon? And Aline from Holland, and there's people from all over. Anyway, I want to invite you, if you're not part of this thing, please come. If you're born somewhere, England, France, wherever you're born, you know, outside of this country, make sure you come and be part of it. Once a term or so, we have a meeting, and we worship together, a little talk, and then the food is out of this world. So make sure you come and be part of it. Amen. Also, just highlighting the newcomers. If you're new to our church, we'd like to know a bit more about it. We have a newcomers free lunch Come on, there is a free lunch. Uh, upstairs here in the, at uh, 12.20, up there in the upper room. And I want to encourage you also to come to our prayer meetings. We have some powerful prayer meetings, pre-service, Tuesday, always from 6 to 7 on Tuesday, 6 to 7, right here. We were all on our face this last Tuesday. It was just incredible. So make sure you come, or Thursday at lunchtime, which was also incredible, and make sure that we lean in and we pray. Without prayer, nothing moves, people. So if you want to move something in your, in your life, in your, in, your, in your business, in your family, or in this church, we need to pray. Because the prayer of a powerful person avails much. A fervent prayer avails much. Amen? So good. Well... I'll get into it. So we're in the middle of our Kingdom's Life series, which is awesome. And who's been enjoying the Kingdom Life series? Yeah, yeah it's been good. Yeah, good. <laughs> I was, I was quite, it's quite disappointing, really. I thought, okay, that's great. Kingdom Life series. Um, tonight, I'll do it again. I'm not sure which one I'm going to do yet, uh, but I have a fresh message for tonight. If God tells me to do that one, otherwise I'll do something else. Uh, but the thing is, though, i got something for tonight, so I'm going to be doing it again tonight. And today I want to talk about the upside-down kingdom. Now, the whole thing of this, uh, this, this theme, the theme verse for this whole course, the course, of course this series, has been uh, Matthew 6. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen? So the, the kingdom flow is always from heaven to earth. It's not from earth to heaven. That's what we're trying to do. No, no, it's from heaven to earth. We as believers, if you are a believer in Christ, you are born again of God's spirit. You are seated with Christ in the heavenly realms, in heavenly places with God. Ephesians 2, 6. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us in the heavenly places with him in Jesus Christ. Amen? And then we become citizens of heaven. And we talked about this three weeks ago. Citizens of the kingdom of God. You have maybe a Dutch citizenship or a Kiwi or an Aussie or Malaysian or Indian. I have three. I have Holland, I've got New Zealand and the kingdom of heaven, which is the most important one. And if you, have, if you are a Christian, you have a passport to the kingdom of heaven and you have the availability and the passport to everything that the kingdom offers you. Everything that Jesus Christ has fulfilled on the cross, all the finished works of Christ are available to you and to me. They're, they're received by faith, amen, by faith, but every spiritual blessing in Christ has been given to us 
already in the Spirit through Jesus Christ. So what I'm trying to say is that our true life is in heaven. And really, when I wanted to do this whole, this whole, um, this whole series, I was really thinking about how we so live an earthly life. And the whole idea was that, because you could talk about so many things about the kingdom of God. But the whole idea was really to understand what does it mean to live from heaven to earth? What does it really mean? Because we're so earth beings, we're so earth bound, and so into this. And we, we, it's sometimes hard for us to imagine that we're actually spirit beings seated with Christ in the heavenly places. What does that look like, you know? Because I am just me. I've got my thoughts, I've got my body, I've got my pulpit, I've got my drums, I've got my car, I've got my kids, I've got my job, I've got all this stuff around me. And so we see and we taste and we touch. This is our life. But the, the thing is, though, we're spiritual beings. We're actually a spirit that has a body and a soul. But our spirit is the real person. But we can't see that one, right? We can't see it. And so, and we can't see God. God is actually spiritual. Did you know that? God is actually spiritual. And so if his kingdom is spiritual, and if he's spiritual, then we need to understand what does it mean to live from this place in the spirit to the natural world, right? It's a good question, right? We've got to relate to this realm. God's kingdom is not of this world. That's what John said. Well, Jesus said it in John. Uh, he said, Jesus, my kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. Right? Yeah. Now, the thing is, what is one of the hardest things about it is that the kingdom of God is a counter-cultural kingdom. Yeah. It is as counter to everything that we kind of hold dear, not everything, but the things that we hold dear in this life, particularly the world and the flesh, they're so countercultural to this world and the way it works. So if we are living in the kingdom of God, if our prayer and our mission is to bring the kingdom of God to earth, heaven to earth, if that's the case, then we need to know what we have in heaven, right? Then we need to know how this all works and then we need to make sure that we understand this upside-down kingdom. Amen? So we saw last time, when I preached two weeks ago, we saw a couple of things. One, we saw that God provides from his riches in glory. He doesn't provide just through your job here on earth. He does. He uses that one. But actually, he provides for everything. Philippians 4. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory. In Christ Jesus. So everything <clears throat> that he provides for us comes from his storehouse in heaven. Amen? Yeah. It goes through natural, but that's where our identity is. It's where we, our life is. That's where our provision is. It's the storehouse of, it's the heaven to earth flow. The second thing I talked about is that our identity comes from heaven. When you are a Christian, you become a son and a daughter. You've been adopted into the household of God, and he's our heavenly father, he's our daddy, and so we have a spiritual new identity in Christ. Amen? So our identity comes very, very important. You know, citizens of the kingdom of heaven. Daddy, my daddy, and your daddy has everything. He owns everything. He's got everything, and nothing is impossible for him. And by his spirit, he lives in you. Well, that should get you going for a few weeks, you know, so just to just even understand that reality. But we're so busy in life, we're so busy in the horizontal that we sometimes don't get to the vertical. I say sometimes people, we've got to become more spiritual. And people sometimes say, what do you mean by that, Gideon? 
What do you mean we got more spiritual? What I'm trying to say with more spiritual is that we are so horizontal, we're so natural in the way we think, the way we act, and everything is natural. Everything here, everything is all natural. But the problem is then that we don't really access the things of heaven properly or at all. Or there's so much more that we're just not accessing. The whole inheritance that we have through Jesus Christ is all available to us. But we are, if we are so focused on this world, so focused on our little life, then the thing is, though, then we don't access these things from heaven, which actually will give us the provision that we need, which actually will give us the breakthrough that we need. It comes from him. And that's why we need a paradigm shift in our lives to understand what's really going on. The third thing is about his power and authority. It comes from a different kingdom. It comes from Jesus himself. That's why we're saying this song. We speak the name of Jesus. We speak the power of God. We speak and creative power comes out of your mouth, between your lips here, through your teeth and your tongue. Things actually are made not because you're so awesome, it's because the one who lives in you is so awesome. Now, you're awesome too. But the thing is, though, he is the one who has miraculous powers. I don't. Although my wife thinks I do have some miraculous powers. So, I mean, my wife is amazing. She's very generous um, in her affirmation. Then Jesus came to them. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded. And surely I'll be with you always to the very end of the age. So we are sent out with his authority. His authority is in your being. It's in the spirit. It's in the name of Jesus. It's in your life. And so that's why we speak the name of Jesus in our lives. The last verse of what I just read is for me the most important. It's the key. Because it says, I am with you always till the end of the age. Jesus is always in you. He's always with you. You're one spirit with him. It's absolutely powerful. You have the almighty God who flung the stars into space, people, living in the side of you. Now, I think the church is about ready to see this, but we need to see a revelation of who we really are. Otherwise, we'll have small lives. We'll just have natural lives like anybody else. No, no, there's supernatural power for our marriages. The statistics does not have to be the same as the world. Amen? Does that have to see the We're part of his economy, not this economy. Oh, lost still going in this. No, 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 no. Yes, 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 yes. In the sense of it's happening right here. But we're part of a different kingdom. God can do miracles through your life. He can give you favor that you don't get anywhere else. Yeah. Because he is God. He's powerful. And he knows already what you need before you even ask. And he lives in you. I mean, this is pretty powerful, isn't it? Yeah. That's why the song, I speak the name of Jesus. Guys, it's just not, not a nice little song. It's it, it actually, if you really think about it, blimmin' powerful. Your name is power. Your name is healing. Breaks every stronghold. Come on. We need to look up. We need to look up where our authority and our power comes from. It comes from Jesus. And then the Jesus in us and the lion that's in yourself will start to roar through your life and start to speak to situations. And they'll have to change because every impossibility has to bow to the name of Jesus. Come on. This is good preaching, guys. I'm encouraging myself in the Lord. Praise the Lord. So good. There's so much power in the name of Jesus. 
Miracles and signs are supposed to follow each one of us, if you're a Christian, every day of our lives. Mark 16, these miraculous signs will accompany those or follow those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name and they will spread new languages. They will be able to handle snakes with safety. If they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick. Come on, people. And they will be healed. They will be healed. This is absolutely impossible in the natural. I can't heal anybody. But the one in in me can heal anything. The one in me is so powerful, so glorious. The one in you is so powerful, so glorious. And so we live in this upside-down kingdom because often we look at the natural, but we're actually living in the heavenly places. And God wants us to learn to live from this thing because it's upside-down kingdom. We're not doing stuff in our own strength. We just sang about it before, in the strength of the Lord. Amen? Amen? The flow is heaven to earth. Drink, Blake. Blake, break. Don't worry about the old blacks, by the way. You know, the, the South Africans won the World Cup. The first game they played, they lost four years ago. So don't worry about that. No problem. It's just a tester. It makes other people think they're going to be not that good. And it's suddenly like, bang. Tomark. Hey, yeah, let's just stay with this whole thing. Sorry, 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 sorry. I got distracted. I got distracted. Sorry, 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 sorry. Okay, the fourth thing about this whole thing is the kingdom values. So the kingdom values of the kingdom of God are so different then the values of our kingdom here, right? It's a countercultural. Matthew 18. Look at this. Look at this. Very interesting. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked him, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Who is the greatest? Come on, people. In the kingdom of heaven. And he called the little child to him and placed him among him. And he said, Truly I tell you, Unless you change and become like little children, you will never even enter the kingdom of God. You can't. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position, everybody say lowly position. Lowly Lowly position of a child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. I'm trying to learn this one. The greatest... Going low is the greatest posture in the kingdom of heaven. Humility, I wrote down here, whoever humbles himself is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Humility is one of the, or the, greatest value in the kingdom of heaven. And it is so opposite to the world. In the Me Too culture, In the me culture, in I'll do it my way culture, my truth is my truth, your truth is your truth culture, get out of my way, I do what I want culture, I decide what truth is for me, thank you very much culture. That pride is so strong and so powerful, it's part of this world. It's part of the flesh. John talks about this here in 1 John 2, for everything in the world, the lust of the flesh The lust of the eyes and the pride of life. The pride of life comes not from the Father, but comes through the world. And then even in the world, and even sometimes ourselves, then we start to measure success by achievement, like the world does. Achievement and success and accomplishment and status. 
That's what the world does. It's so broken. It's so fallen in this way. But the kingdom of God is not part of this because we're part of an upside down kingdom. The world measures greatness like this. Who has the most is the greatest. Who wins the most is the greatest. Who looks the best is the greatest. And all that kind of stuff. Who achieves the best is the greatest. But the kingdom of God is the opposite. It's an upside down kingdom. And if we don't get the values of the kingdom of God, then we'll live like the world. And many of us, I look at my own life too, often I do. That's why this whole journey of us together into the secret place is so important. I'll tell you why. Because although we can be in touch with God as we drive, as we have, we go into a meeting, oh, Jesus, help me in Jesus' name for this meeting right now, I pray for your favor in the name. That's all good, and God is part of this whole thing. There is a sense of you walk with the presence of God all the time. But the thing is, though, if you and I need to really hear, understand, and have this culture change in our lives, a paradigm shift in our thinking, then we need to make sure that we spend ample time, separated time in his presence Because otherwise we will never change into what he has called us to change into. Amen? And that's what he is doing. It's an upside down kingdom. I've got four examples for this. In the kingdom of God, humility comes before promotion. Humility comes before promotion. Not the world's way, it's the kingdom way. 1 Peter 5. In the same way you are younger, submit yourself to your elders. All of you clothe yourself with humility towards one another because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Then humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. That's why this wonderful testimony of Catherine said before, I was going to say it myself, but she could say it a lot better because it's her testimony about surrendering these things. All of us need to learn how to surrender these things of God. When you don't understand things, surrender it to God. And you'll be amazed if it's yours, how it will come back. If it is not, it was never yours. And look at, at possibilities in your life. If you don't get through it and you say, what's going on? And say, okay, Lord, I don't know what's happening here. I don't get this at all. And then God says, what's in your other hand? Submit this one to me. But then look around, actually look to him. There may be something else in God's other hand. What could be there? Because he knows what you need before you even ask. So we've got to learn to trust. That's where the whole child thing comes in. Children. The second thing is giving comes before receiving. In the kingdom of God, the principle is giving comes before receiving. This is so countercultural in our lives. We want to save. Nothing wrong to save, by the way. But the whole posture is not about me getting myself and me hoarding my money and my time and my everything. But the kingdom says, no, no, give it away and it will come back to you. Because that's how love flows. Love and life and finance flow. They need to flow to be able to hit all these things. If it is like this, you become stingy by yourself. You become a hoarder. It doesn't go anywhere. So it can't multiply. It can't be a seed. It doesn't go anywhere. It's not the kingdom of God. It says give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full. Press down, shake it together, making room for more. 
running over and poured out into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. Hey, it's a kingdom principle like that. It's not just about giving and getting. It's about a principle of sowing and reaping in the sense of, hey, my life is not mine. My time is not mine. My love is not mine. My money is not mine. Nothing is mine in my life. But God wants us to sow all of these. Who have you encouraged this morning when you came to church? Did you come for myself? Oh, I wonder what's going to be a nice thing for me. I'm waiting for me, 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 me. Or did you say, hey, Lord, I have a prophetic word already for somebody. Where's this person? There he is. I'm going to go. Say, hey, man, Andrew, I have a word for you. God loves you, you know, or whatever. Are we in that process yet? No, but we are, we're getting there, aren't we? But it's, it's a mindset of we're going to be like this. We're going to look after each other. We're going to look for the, more, more, the possibilities. Thank you, by the way, about the finance. I want to just be honest in this house. Two months ago, we had no money, like zero. We thought about, shall we still keep going back to Holland? I mean, whatever, we didn't. But, you know, it was actually nothing. We have nothing. We own nothing. We have nothing. And then the following month with, 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 with the, with the um, amazing house for the house, we had um, more come in. Not so much a house for the house, but $150,000. I mean, that's a lot of money, by the way. And thank you for those who have given. And thank you for those who are still giving. Uh, amazing money. Uh, but the thing is, though, so much came in already, like like. Already, like over half has already come in straight away. And so the month was suddenly like, we were like, I don't know how much in the bank, you know. And then suddenly the tithing, the giving, the normal giving to the church also rose. It was only a couple of months ago, it was $45,000. Before, before COVID, it was $65,000. That's what we budgeted on. And now we're back to 60 for the last two months in a row, $60,000. Come on, guys. That, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for what you do in this house. So I know because it comes from all of us. It's all of us who are generous. It doesn't come from somewhere else. It's all of us being faithful to God. So thank you for leaning in and thank you. You'll see the blessing come. You'll see the I actually think that things are turning around right here. Two reasons why. One, because of his faithfulness uh, in our secret place that we're leaning into him. But also second thing is our generosity. Not just finance in every way. I want to become such a generous people. When we went to Numa, you know, I mean, everybody, we'll just share this morning how it's incredible. Everybody comes to you and just blesses you and, and prays for you and has a word for you. And it's, it's this whole thing of Jesus. Everybody's Jesus. So everybody, everything is life. Everything is prophetic. Everything is lovely. Everything is joy. Everything is peace. Everything is nice. So I love this. But, you know, people have come to our church and they say, get in your church like this too. We are becoming this, guys. It's so exciting to be because I know I sometimes go to a church and nobody speaks to you. Instead of being Jesus and this is life and this thing just flows through all of us, I would love this. And I think we are getting there, people. Isn't it exciting? I just want to lift you up to more of what you can be. And it has to do a lot with unselfishness. Anyway, I didn't mean to speak on that, so I'll do it next time. Serving comes before, oh yeah, so kingdom of God, giving before receiving. The fourth one, the third one is serving comes before greatness or serving comes before leadership. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everyone else. For even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve others and give himself as a ransom for many. Isn't that wonderful? Serving goes before. So don't say, hey, I want a job here or I want a position here. That's the wrong attitude to have even in our church, in in any church, in any kingdom venture. It's say, how can I serve? Don't be afraid. Your your gift will make way for you. You don't have to worry about this. He he will do it. He's faithful to you. Who are you going to trust? The church or the organization? Or are you going to trust God? Just go in there and go low. Say, hey, I'm here to serve. I come here to serve. I love that about Josh. Where's Josh? I love that about Josh. He came in here. Josh, 
you. You came in here. No, it was really beautiful. And, and I still remember talking about this morning how you came in here. And you said, man, I, and you have been leading worship on other places and all this kind of stuff you did. But he said, no, no, I just want to come in low. You know, I don't have to do anything. And it was really beautiful. I love that about you. And then God is raising you up more and more. And so bless you for that. It's a great example of how we come in low. Don't be entitled. Entitlement is not in the Bible. I can't see it anywhere. Be entitled. Doesn't exist in the Bible. It doesn't exist in the Bible. Right? Fourth one is dying comes before living. Dying comes before living. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you wants to follow me, you must give up your own way and take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give it up, your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your own soul? For the Son of Man, Jesus, will come back with his angels in the glory of his Father and will judge all people according to their deeds. We give up our lives. The way to life is death. It's an opposite kingdom. You go low to go up. You go in to go out. You go into your secret place to be, God says, if you go in there, that's what Jesus says, if you go in there, the Father will bless you, close the door, in there, he will bless you, reward you, in the Bible, openly. The openly comes after. The secret comes before. It's pretty powerful, really. So God is changing my life. I think he's changing your life too in this whole regard. It's absolutely beautiful. It is an upside down kingdom. Jesus wants us to live the resurrected life. It's a resurrected life. Matthew 10 says, if you cling to your life, you will lose it. If you give up your life for me, you will find it. Guys, when we give up our lives, we will find our lives. Those who belong to Christ have crucified their flesh and its passions and its desires. See, the world lives by the flesh. The world lives by the system. But we live in a different system. We live in Romans 6 or whatever it is, Romans something, 8. It talks about that we are sons and daughters of God, right? We live by? Yes, not there, but that's not a scripture. But yeah, we live by the Spirit, we live by the Holy Spirit. Sons and, sons and daughters are called to live by faith and by the Holy Spirit. And it's absolutely beautiful. The world doesn't live by that. They live by the flesh. They live by their selfishness. So the problem is you've got to make sure that we don't get infected by the world because it's all around us. That we also start living that way. God is calling us upward to come downward again with a vengeance in the lovely way. We live by a new creation spirit. This is the kingdom life. Come on. We died and our lives are hidden in Christ. He is our life. Jesus, you are my life. There is no other life. Jesus is my life. I'm almost done. You can see it with the band coming up. In the kingdom of God, you descend into greatness. You don't ascend into greatness. Lucifer tried to ascend into greatness. He said, I want to be like God. He, he wants to ascend to the throne. And he was kicked out of heaven. Wrong spirit, boy. Adios, amigos. It's gone. Wrong spirit. Jesus is the opposite. In the Garden of Eden, before he gave his life for you and me, 
He says, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. I surrender my life to you. Everything is yours. And he went through the cross for us. So incredibly beautiful for us. And he is now seated in heavenly places next to God. And the Bible says that we've been raised with Christ and also sit with him in the heavenly realms in this way. His attitude was so opposite to the world's. We're called to a different life. That's why in Romans 12, that's why we need to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Verse 2 talks about this. We don't conform to the pattern of this world, but we are being renewed by a new pattern. It's the pattern of heaven. It's the pattern of the kingdom. But for that to happen, you've got to think differently because it's an upside-down kingdom. So he wants us to live by the pattern of heaven in our lives. And that's what you get primarily, I think, through life groups and those kind of things, but also when you go alone with the Father. That's what Jesus did every day. He said, God, I need your pattern. Father, I need your pattern. What are you doing? What are you doing? And so I can then manifest your glory in the earth. We need the mind of Christ. Now, I haven't even touched about a lot of other things, which maybe some other time. You know, those in the, who are first in the kingdom will be last, and those who are last will be first. I haven't talked about love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. That's difficult. It's an upside-down kingdom. I want to smash their heads, you know. I don't like this at all, the one who betrayed me. But God says, no, no, you got to love them. you got to be a big boy, big girl. Flow with my Holy Spirit, the agape love of God, which is otherworldly, otherworldly. When Jesus asks who is the greatest in the kingdom of God, he points to a child. Why a child? It's because a child fully trusts, fully dependent on their parents, fully loves, vulnerable. That's the attitude that God is looking for. Finney and Izzy, you know, the beautiful people are friends of ours in uh, Sydney. We've got the beautiful church, Jubilee. I always love what he said. He says, I'm growing up to be a child. I'm growing up to be a child. And I just love it. Not childish. Growing up to be a child. I just want this beautiful, playful, simplistic, trusting, honoring, vulnerable life. And that's what Jesus is like. Completely dependent on his Father. And we are completely dependent on God. In every part of our lives. It's an upside down kingdom. But the greatest value that we see here in Scripture is actually humility. You know, Jesus did this Sermon on the Mount. And if you read the Sermon on the Mount, his biggest sermon, right? Longest sermon. And the first one that shows priority, the first one is blessed are those. Which one? Who are? Who are poor in spirit. It's actually humble. Who are humble. Poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The other ones don't say kingdom of heaven. This one says, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Why do we stand? This was the posture of Jesus. The posture of Jesus. I want to read this in Philippians 2. What happened? 
In the kingdom, the way up is always the way down. And Jesus is our example. And we see this in this beautiful scripture in Philippians. And I'm sure you've read it many times. But we're going to read it right now. And then we're going to worship. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God. You can say it together. He did not think of equality with God as something to cling to or to grasp. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges, his glory. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. Therefore... God elevated him to the place of highest honor, come on musicians, and gave him the name above every other name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth. Build it up. That is just that every tongue confess and declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Oh, we worship you, Jesus. Come on, let's sing this song again, this chorus. There we go. Your name is the highest, your name is the greatest, your name stands above the all, above all thrones and dominions, all powers and positions, your to you right now fresh Holy Spirit and we come in low we in the spirit even we prostrate ourselves before you we come in low we come come in humble and not that we want to be promoted that's cool but we want to have a posture of humility Jesus we want to be like you in every way so Father thank you so much what you're doing Help us, Lord, in our minds to renew our minds to the kingdom perspective, to the upside-down kingdom. Help us, Holy Spirit, to live through your power and through your guidance, to understand what it means to bring heaven to earth, Holy Spirit. Your kingdom come, your will be done in my life, in our lives, in our church, as it is in heaven. Holy Spirit, come. 
Come, manifest your glory in our lives in the name of Jesus. Come on, let's lean in, people. Oh, Lord Jesus, we bless your holy name, Lord. We take this moment, Father, I see the... I had a picture, actually, last night for the international group, but I think it's also for us here together. I saw these gumboots in the, in the rain, and, uh, and I saw this stuff, and this morning I felt there was a lot of rain coming down, and gumboots, so you need a lot of rain to have gumboots, you know, to make sure that you kind of stay out of trouble. And so I really felt that the rain of heaven this morning, I got this word, the rain of heaven. The rain of heaven pouring down right now. So Jesus, we welcome the rain of heaven right now. The rain of heaven we just talked about. This beautiful flow from heaven. The supernatural rain of heaven that gives provision, that gives identity, that gives power and authority. It gives us the values of the kingdom. Lord, change our mind as the rain comes onto our minds, our hearts, our souls. Wash away, Lord, the things of this world. Lord, wash away the things that don't really matter that much. And may we be renewed in our mind according to the mind of Christ to see your kingdom revealed in our lives and through our lives to a broken world. In Jesus' name. Lord, we bend our knee before you. In Jesus' name.